and welcome again to another edition of Irreligiosophy, where once again we say fuck you all to all of our fans, and we worship the doddering old reincarnations of gods around the world. Why don't we get into the meat of the podcast and uh, let our guest introduce himself. Um, I'm uh, living in the Middle East right now. I'm a 24-year-old student, and I'm going to be talking about a very interesting meditation-based cult that I entered, thanks to my parents, about eight years ago, nine almost, and about why it's a terrible thing. Was it called Mormonism? No, it was in <laughs> fact called Sahaja Yoga. I think I think they do believe Mormons are wrong, but then uh, they they do believe quite a lot of other people are wrong. So your parents are right on that score. A lot of people are wrong, including the Mormons. I guess exactly. But uh, Sahaja uh, Yoga, um, that's the one true religion, right? That is the one true religion. In <laughs> fact, um, the lady who started this, uh, she is an Indian lady. I think she's about. I guess 80 years old now, uh, and she actually has stated uh, in a recorded speech and on text that she is the incarnation of God, and she is worship- worshipped as such by everybody who's, uh, who practices uh, yoga. So she's not really? merely an avatar. She actually is God's uh, incarnate. Well, is, I guess that is an avatar. She's an avatar of God. Yeah, actually, yes, quite. Yeah. Like, um, I, I mean... In in the propaganda, the way they state it is like humans have uh, gone through physical evolution to reach this stage, and now we need to go through spiritual evolution. And it was like basically what they're saying is you know Jesus Christ and Moses and all those other prophets, like they include Indian prophets as well. Um, all of them were sort of steps on the way, and she completes it and uh, gets like uh, well. Th- let me explain what Sahaja Yoga means. In fact. Sahaj in Sanskrit means from within, and uh, yoga means union with the divine. So I guess what they're saying is, um, you have a connection to God within you, and we will enable you to open up that connection and uh, gain powers. So uh, basically, that's that's exactly what she says. That this is the this is a, the final step in our spiritual evolution is that we move on to connection with the supreme power that created the universe. I, I don't really pay attention much to uh, what she has to say, but uh, in our earliest, earlier podcasts, I did point out that I wanted to finger Jesus, but now it seems I have the opportunity to finger God. So, Well, God is an 80-year-old woman. And yeah. your point is? My point have is... Have you ever heard the term that they don't swell, they don't tell, and they're grateful as hell? My point is you better bring some lubrication, because uh, <laughs> no one's been down there for about 30 years. I don't think KY can produce enough oh. jelly for that. Speaking of which, that, that's, that's the most interesting part, is that for somebody who claims to be God, she actually is married, and she has two daughters. And Are the daughters the fine? On what their status is. Like, I don't know if they're yeah. like uh, minor deities or something. I have no idea. But I know that her husband is regarded as um, Shiva, the male, uh, you know, the Hindu god Shiva. The destroyer. Yeah. Because like she she's regarded as, I guess, the the Shakti, like the power that created the universe, and Shiva is like the closest to a consort, I guess you can get to that. I'm not really sure what they... I mean, it's, it's all really confusing if you think about it, so... I, now, why does God need a husband, anyway? That has never... Uh, well, actually, here's the thing. They do encourage family life, and they don't... They don't. Uh, you know, it's like the Catholics, like... Well, actually, not exactly. It's, they, they don't say have a lot of kids. It's, they do say have only two. But, like, she, she does encourage a family life as in, um, 
people are encouraged to marry. Uh, they they actually have sahaj marriages, like in the sense, apart from the you know signing the certificate, you can also have your marriage blessed by her. In fact, what's this is the worst part of it. Like what I find incredible that anybody would go for this. You can actually fill out a form, uh, including details about yourself, and send it to her. And um, they actually match people up from around the world. And, <laughs> and, uh, people ma- and, and they go through like many people agree, uh, or rather, I don't think they they might not agree, but they go along with her selection. And they marry people that they've never met before. Like the the couple gets to meet about four days before they get married. Well, this is curious and, to me. Is this woman's name Doctor Phil? No. <laughs> no, she's God. <laughs> even even though she uh, even though she can't move on her own now, she requires a wheelchair. She suffers from diabetes. Has yeah. a team of doctors attending her at all times. Yeah, she is God. So um, she's and a if, little. And if you, I'm sorry. She's a little limited in her power right now. She can't cure herself, uh, but she can uh, arrange marriages for all these people. I wonder what the success rate of those marriages are. Well, the thing is, I would expect them to be perfect if they were arranged by God. You're not allowed to have a failure rate if you're the creator of the universe. (laughs) But then, given that you've created human beings who turned out to be pretty shitty twice, even after you flooded the planet, um, (laughs) they... They, I, I, I know of failures. I know that they're not perfect, um, but I, I don't know what their figures are because that, you know, obviously they don't, uh, they don't look very kindly upon people trying to do research into the failure rate of marriages arranged by the, the lady who's God. Right. Your point is is well taken, though. Anything less than a hundred percent, God screwed up. Well, I don't know yep. about that. Uh, God sent in the Israelites to kill every man, woman, child, and cattle animal. And then they came back, and God went, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're right. Let's let's do it your way." Well, probably what they say is, if it's failed, it's the people's fault. It's not God's. Yeah, that's usually how it we goes. didn't have enough faith. Right? Exactly. They weren't good enough. <laughs> well, why is uh, it I can't get that sort of escape route every time? <laughs> you're not God. I can work on that. The They're, other, I mean, thing about these marriages is, though, interesting. You are allowed to refuse, as in, if she if they match you up, you are allowed to refuse them and say, well, you know, I would prefer not to go with this, but I, I believe you can't do that more than once or twice before they kind of say, you know what, just go find somebody yourself. And, <laughs> Doesn't this come down to the fact that, that she's supposed to be God and you are basically refusing God? No, that's the thing, because, you know, here's what happens is that I know for a fact there have been matchups between people who bear, like, one person's from Russia and the other one's from India, and both of them have terrible English, so they can hardly communicate, and uh, there have been cases like that, so it's pretty <laughs> crazy. Like That sounds like a great marriage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the little, the less you talk to get, you know, I'm liking this. Uh, where yeah. do I send in my information? I- I'm sorry, honey, I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot clean those dishes now. I cannot... <laughs> toilet? What, what is toilet? Mow? Lawn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be very pleasant. But also, if you are thinking of sending in your application, note that she doesn't do the matching anymore and hasn't done it for at least four to five years since she started growing older and senile. I know that uh, it's the Sahaja Foundation that does it. In fact, I know that my father was uh, processing some of the forms himself. Like, basically, it's a bunch of people looking through the forms and kind of guessing, I guess. Um, it's definitely not God anymore, even if it was in the beginning. 
Why so, is God growing old? I don't understand that. Why is God getting senile? <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens with the Mormon prophets all the time, Leighton. That's true. Uh, yeah, but they, they don't claim to be God. That's true. It's actually kind of sad because she is partially deaf. So, like, on a couple of occasions she's come to uh, uh, this place. There have been cases of where somebody, she asks somebody their name, and he, uh, the person had to repeat it about 12 times before she figured out what it was. And uh, what what added... What added to the hilarity was she promptly forgot it five minutes later, and they had to go through the same process again. And when this happened the third time, now this is an example of what what I, I mean I would consider uh, cognitive dissonance of the highest order. Is when it happened the third time, people around him, like after he walked away after having to yell his name five or six more times, um, people said, "Oh, well, in a past life, your name must have been that." <laughs> like. This was actually stated in front of me. I'm, I wanted to slam my head on the floor right then, but I refrained. Well, I tell you what, that's actually confirmation of her divinity because uh, we've, we've suspected for a long time on this show that God has Alzheimer's because the Muslims pray <laughs> five times a day. Yeah. 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 Maybe well, it's a combination of Alzheimer's and bad hearing. <laughs> God just, I'm sorry, what, could you repeat that? That, that, that's why they have to face that direction, the same direction every time. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that Turn uh, around, I can't hear you. <laughs> Speaking to my good ear. No, no, you're facing the wrong direction. Awesome. So she's kind of decrepit then. She's partially deaf. Uh, she's getting senile. Uh, what else is wrong with her? Well, she, like I said, she has diabetes. And this, okay, this is another funny thing uh, is that. When she comes here, all the food is um, cooked by people who are, uh, you know, practicing Sahaja Yoga. Like, even though she stays in a five-star hotel, we, we cook the food um, in the people's houses and bring it to the hotel. What's even more interesting, like, when they're serving the food, uh, like, a couple of their doctors who travel with her go through the food um, before sort of presenting it to make sure that there's nothing, like, uh, particularly sweet or something. The reason they go through it before... The reason they go through it before was because if you if they bring the tray before her and she asks for that thing, they can't refuse her face to face. So they basically take it away before it's taken in front of her. I see. I see. This is so God could commit suicide by diabetes. This is pretty much one of the worst gods I've ever heard of. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what what happens when God dies because uh, from the sounds of it, this lady's on her last leg. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm worried about is that it's gonna it's gonna cause some I, I don't know if she, maybe she'll pass on her powers to her daughter or something. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah, it won't be the Large Hadron Collider that actually destroys the universe. <laughs> It'll be her death forming this massive black hole that we'll all get sucked into. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that part of the country has already been sucked into it. Well, that, <laughs> Doesn't is she the god that when she closes her eyes the universe ceases to exist? I have seen her blink on many occasions when I'm still here. So I would say no. You think you're still here? In fact, in fact, and here's here's the funny thing: is like she has fallen asleep while people were talking to her. <laughs> she was praying with her eyes closed. Yeah, I I I don't really know how people manage to fool themselves to such an extent like not it's not fooling at this point it's deluding themselves um when a person is falling asleep and being deaf in front of you and you still believe that she's <laughs> manifestation of God. so if you well, think mormons are crazy yeah i was I gonna say 
Mormons have kind of a lesser cognitive dissonance, but always, you know, uh, when, say, Ezra Taft Benson was totally senile and had absolutely no idea, you know, drooling down his face, um, they would, uh, on the twice-a-year general conference that's supposed to be presided over by the prophet, the God's chosen one, they'd all, always say, um, the prophet is, you know, watching from his bedroom in his apartment <laughs> complex. Yeah, I wonder why that, they'd that, be that's... terrified about what he would say when he got up yeah. on that pulpit. They were too smart to that roll is... him out. <laughs> that is exactly what happens here as well. In fact, they have these ceremonies, which... Well, the Hindu word, uh, the Hindi word for it is puja, basically worship. They have these ceremonies, I think, ten times a year. Um, I think uh, they're two in December, but then two other months are skipped or whatever. And like, basically, crowds of people attend these. We're talking um, five to ten thousand people from around the world travel. Like people from the U.S., tra- uh, people from India travel to. Um, well, it the places they're held is like there are three in India, a couple in Italy, and a couple in the U.S. And so people actually travel to these, and she the she usually gives a speech at these. And for the last few years, she's kind of stopped giving speeches, and uh, her husband talks, or they she just sits there and there's there's no speech. And uh, <laughs> so would be, they just wheel her out. She just sits there, yeah, and people just yeah, stare she at actually, her. She just sits there. There's like a um, a musical <laughs> program. What would be so divine? She doesn't even have to speak. I'm gonna make a suggestion. Since her husband is Shiva the Destroyer, they just wheel her out, and her husband comes out and beats the shit out of somebody (laughs) during the musical. Show down on the stage. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like watching Jackie Chan and Jet Li fight. I like. Or or he just brings out a bunch of firecrackers or uh, M80s and just blows shit up on stage. That would be awesome. (laughs) He is a pretty high up guy. I mean, he 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 has an honorary knighthood, and uh, he was he was um, the principal secretary of India for a while. Really, which is a, a political position. Yeah, so he's not he's not like a nobody. I'm <laughs> not sure uh, I would want Shiva the Destroyer in my cabinet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's good to keep Shiva close. That way, he can kill off everybody else. So, so what should we do with Pakistan? Nuke them. God damn it, Shiva. <laughs> Shiva, come on, <laughs> control yourself. <laughs> so what Actually, I'm interested in is the powers that you can get from following this religion. Yeah, that's, you can I, tap- that's what I was going to say. Yeah, is can- that, uh, let me describe the day-to-day events of it, like what you go through when you do this. Perfect. So, so the first principle of the Sahaja is that um, there's something called uh, the Kundalini. Okay, I'm just going to switch to English words for now because I'm not going to explain <laughs> every Sanskrit word that I have to use. <laughs> And you're probably all going to forget it in like two minutes anyway. <laughs> so, I'm just glad you're not having me pronounce them. So. <laughs> yeah. We're all glad. Shut up. <laughs> the, the theory is that there, there is um, the there's this ball of energy like at the base of our spine in the sacrum bone. Um, this is like a form of primordial energy, which is a reflection of God. A ref, I don't, and they use the word reflection a lot. And, and so I don't know exactly how that's a reflection when there's no surface to reflect, but it is a reflection of God. And I love it. This, this ball of energy is located in the rectum, essentially. Hey, so I was thinking where our tail should have been. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the it's the rectum uh, or the bladder that's the only stuff that's down there. So what happens is as a child, um, <laughs> when the child is in the womb, I believe in the third month or something, this, uh, this is, that's when the, the divine power enters and the, goes to the base of the spine. And um, basically... 
you as a child apparently you have this connection to god but then as you grow older like as you grow beyond the age of four or five you kind of become more you know egoistic and you sort of like you know the children go into that stage where they're like oh this is my toy and this is my stuff and like so the theory is at that point you sort of lose your connection to god and what Sajjuga does is um, by giving you your self-realization, they open up that connection again. So and, during uh, meditation, are there a lot of blue darts being fired off to bring back that power? No. Well, it's actually a lot simpler than that. <laughs> <laughs> what what they do is in the first session that you go to, um, they'll usually just ask you to, you know, a, you can sit on the ground or on a chair, depending on what you're comfortable with, and just keep your hands open on your lap, like the standard meditation position that you kind of see in all those photographs. Um, and then uh, basically, the person who's giving you your realization will be sitting behind you, and um, they will, okay, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but if you were to mime lifting something up from the base of the spine to the top of their heads, like that's what they do. It's, it's like, I guess their hands are pushing the air up, or uh, but you know because we ha they have the energy within them activated, they sort of enable your energy to rise. It's actually pretty <laughs> ridiculous. But, like you, you, really, it looks like somebody's just you know kind of like scooping up some sand from the ground and pouring it on their heads. Like that's the best way to describe it. You kind of <laughs> scoop gotcha. sand and you move your hands upwards and then finally like pour it on my head. Um, I'm sure you can find videos of it on YouTube if you want like a better description or something. And so the self-realization process is like, that's what happens. And the way you know that you've got your, hold your palms out, you feel a cold or warm breeze on it. Actually, a warm breeze indicates that there's a problem with one of your, um, oh God, here's another word, uh, chakras. Basically, these are supposed to be energy centers located along your spine. At, at like, I mean, you're a doctor, so they're basically at all the plexus. Like, you've got a chakra of the solar plexus, and you're, it's like basically all up, all the way up your spine. Um, gotcha. So, and each of these controls the the bodily functions in that area. So, the first chakra, which is at the base of the spine, would be controlling like excretion and the sexual functions, and the next one would uh, next one up controls, I guess, like um, your your liver and. Uh, your spleen and uh, your pancreas, I guess. And then the third one controls your stomach and your digestive systems in general. The fourth one controls your heart and lungs. The fifth one controls your throat and and speaking. And the sixth one, your eyes and uh, thinking capability. And the seventh one is like the ultimate chakra, which is sort of like your connection to the divine. That's at the top of your head, the fontanel bone, in fact. Is so there a that, way to that, take away chakras? Well, uh, no. Uh, actually, the thing is, it's it's just kind of like, basically, these are like the physical aspect of the chakra, but each one has its own um, non-physical quality associated with it. So, like the the base chakra is associated with innocence, basically having chaste thoughts and things like that. Like the and each chakra also has a deity governing it. And this is the interesting part is that like six of them are governed, or five of them are governed by Indian gods, and then the sixth one is actually controlled by Jesus. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. So this is, this is kind of like a syncretistic. Uh, I think they do blend aspects of uh, all religions into it. And so yeah, Jesus is in charge of the chakra that controls like your eyes. It, Where's and, that chakra located? At, at the um, pretty much like directly at the back of your head, behind your eyes, just gotcha. where you would expect it to be. And so, and so that where we would expect migraines to come from. Pretty much the non-physical aspect of that chakra is forgiveness. So, you know, you can, like, Jesus preached forgiveness, so that's the theory sort of behind that. And so, like, now, if you have any problem, any physical problem, any emotional problem, it's usually tied to one of your chakras. And so you 
move your hand in a clockwise direction around that chakra, and this clears up any catches in, or any problems over there. Gotcha. That, that, that's basic. That's the power you get to heal yourself, essentially. You know, uh, what happens if you go counterclockwise? Oh, well, then you're spinning the chakra in the wrong way. And you apparently, okay, have you guys heard of Reiki? No. Like the uh, physical, okay, so that's another kind of like physical healing system. Uh, again, you get powers which flow out through your hands. And there's uh, the Art of Living Foundation, which does something similar. So that they spin it counterclockwise, which is bad. So you should not follow those things. Instead, they do that, you should follow Sergio. They do that on purpose? I, yeah, I guess they feel it should go counterclockwise, but Sedgwick says, no, that's the wrong way. I was going to say, Leighton, um, the Jesus chakra is located right where the hands of the Catholic priest would go. Oh, and is that why they're sticking that in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> they're just emitting um, chi. <laughs> you know, that that makes sense, because when it's squirting into my eyes, they are blessing Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> All right, go ahead and that's continue. Nice. That's actually is the uh, the healing aspect of it. Not like apart from this, you have a lot of techniques to cure more serious problems, more persistent problems. So basically, if you have a cold, then you just clear your uh, throat chakra and your head chakra. And then if you have a like asthma or something, then you go for one of the more serious treatments. Like I mentioned, they have the most common. Um, curative treatment that they use is salt water, essentially soaking your feet in salt water for 10 minutes while meditating. And uh, yes, they use soaking your feet in salt water as a cure for asthma and well, pretty much anything really. Like if you've got a problem with your back, soak it, I mean, just soak your feet in salt water and meditate. That makes sense. That's their so, primary, uh, the, yeah. the crabs I've got right now, I should go stick my feet in water. Yep. I've also yes. used that for erectile dysfunction. It's very helpful. And 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 you should and you should pray to Ganesha, who's the god for the, the you know that base oh, the chakra. elephant-headed god. Yeah. Yeah. He because see because the chakra represents innocence, and he he was a child when he you know when he got transformed or whatever. So he's like an eternal child. Gotcha. So which it, I, which one of these uh, you know gods the old woman and she has daughters which one of them has an elephant head or looks like an elephant she is actually she is what is called the adi shakti or the primordial power like basically the in the hindu theory goes uh, that you, the god like this energy created the universe and it split up into these gods essentially right because then like uh, they sort of all created one after the other so she is like the ultimate like the final boss kind of thing. I, I guess she is the manifestation of all their powers, and she can do whatever she wants, except treat herself, apparently. Right, it doesn't work. It's like fortune-telling, right? You you can't use it to make money for yourself. There's some sort of cosmic law. Well, that's because she, in her later years, she forgot counterclockwise versus clockwise, and she just went senile because she kept going counterclockwise. She, she may also um, just have forgotten that she's God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the interesting thing is that in her, like, uh, not exactly a biography, I guess, but when, when I, I was reading about uh, stuff that people had written about her in Sajjurga, uh, she actually started this, like, uh, Sajjurga because she saw these gurus um, looting people under the guise of spirituality, basically. Like, she, all those, what she calls false gurus, she basically started Sajjurga to sort of fix them because they're all wrong. Right. I'm going to do this right Right, she's then, the, the one true guru. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is wrong. As long as she's exactly. not the one true podcast. Yeah. We, we'd sue. Exactly. And 
And then what happens is that um, like um, she actually makes a lot of money from this now, not directly, because they always say all donations are voluntary and uh, they're all going to be used only to you know keep the center running or whatever it is. But let me tell you this: she owns a castle in Italy, like a castle, literally a castle. It's it's got like it's a huge building. She owns two or three ashrams in the U.S. and she she has a couple of houses in India. Her daughter stays in the Middle East in a very nice furnished hotel apartment. So these people are not exactly you know a simple spiritualistic kind of thing. They're rolling in the dough, and uh, every puja, every every you know the ceremonies that I was talking about. There are ten of them. Each country bring gifts, and these gifts can be like. Uh, anything from um, diamonds to like paintings and things like that. So they get a lot of uh, income just from that, I think. Jeez, no wonders they're having so many pujas. <laughs> yeah, there and um, she, well, she gave a lot of lectures as well before. Like now, it's just kind of like I don't know what she says now. I believe like I, there are some um, some instances where she says, "Well, now she has completed her work, and it is for the Sanjogis to go out and spread it around the world." Like so. She doesn't have to do anything anymore. Like it's kind of like here, I've given you the power. You do it. Well, geez, she's not even uh, connecting people anymore. They basically just take everybody's application, throw it up in the air, and the two that land together are the ones. Have you noticed yeah. that, that uh, gods tend to get lazier the older they are? But you know, uh, <laughs> the Judaic God, he was the one resting on the seventh day. So, you know. where are the miracles in the last couple of hundred years, or really the <laughs> last couple of thousand years? Damn it. Well, that brings up a good question. Where are her miracles? How is it we should accept her for God? Oh, because you feel the vibrations on your hands. like vibra- They use the word vibrations to refer to the breeze, so I don't really understand why. The but vibration on my hands is slightly different, but it's more of an up-and-down motion. That's not caused by breeze. <laughs> that's strong wrist muscles. That's not evidence of anything. No, that's that's the best part. Is that it? Uh, it because I mean the thing is, your hands are so sensitive. You pretty much will feel something if you just hold your hands out. You feel, will feel like a tiny breeze or something. Um, and uh, but yet it's it's like an example of a power. And, and she, they, I believe, Sedjuga claims to have cured cancer and uh, a bunch of other things. Like uh, basically, you know, gives you a happy life and uh, it cures, uh, you know, your emotional problems. Your your guilt issues, your work issues, and oh, I forgot. There's there's another interesting uh, aspect of it. Okay, so whenever you're in trouble or like you know you need to get something done, say like you um, you're late for work or really late for an important event. Um, okay, so you hold your left hand out, flat palm open, and then you move your right hand, sort of describing like a circle around the palm while thinking of your problem and focusing your attention on your uh, on the top of your head. And this basically is like you telling her that you have a problem, and the the theory is that she'll take care of it, and the problem will be fixed. (laughs) So I wonder how many people have lost their job while standing there in Uh, front of their boss going, I'm late, hold on. (laughs) Give me a second. If if it doesn't if it doesn't work, then it was her will all along that it shouldn't work. Uh, Remember that's how God works. He doesn't he doesn't give you any guarantees. Yeah, you get an answer even if there's no answer. That's I've really got to start getting this stuff in writing when I go to God. <laughs> get a signature down, get a thumbprint somewhere. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I, I need to check his credit before I accept anything. Her credit, you bastard. 
his, hers. You know, I'm so confused with how many it's religions. A partially deaf, diabetic geezer in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Could you point her out in a crowd? <laughs> <laughs> That's clearly God. Yeah. How big is this religion? I believe around the like the ninety to hundred thousand mark at least. I'm not. Oh I'm not sure God. because it, I know that it is practiced around the world. Uh, the majority of people practicing it in India because that. I mean, I'm very sad to say this, but that is where you get a lot of gullible, ignorant people. Like it's just that you know they're not educated to the level that you need to be to basically gain your critical thinking skills and the knowledge of science that would enable you to say you're a wrong idiot. So um, India is like don't the- have that. India is like the world's version of Texas. No, 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 no. That's, that's the Middle East. That's the world's version. It's, like, it, it's hot, full of annoying, racist, xenophobic people, and has oil. I think that, that's pretty <laughs> accurate. Actually, that's, but, that's a good description. I like that. It's essentially Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's also the background. I mean, it's very, very foreign to people in the West, but... Um, but the, it, the, does, it has that kind of exotic Indian vibe, like, you know, the whole, uh, yeah. oh, their meditation and things like that. And right. it's not like they don't have a presence in the West. Like I said, she has a pretty strong following in Italy. I mean, she owns a castle there. There's pujas there all the time. I'd be uh, more like, impressed least, if she owned a castle um, in Transylvania. Yeah, yeah I, I live in the castle in Italy. It's not as good as they, they hype yeah. it up to be, considering the shower was right above the toilet. Well, I'm serious. I would sit there and take a shower, and if I felt like taking a shit, there the toilet was right there. It's just time saving. It's convenient. You know? Yeah, yeah convenient. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, after the shower, if you came back an hour later, the the toilet was still wet. But that wasn't so convenient. Oh uh, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, this this is all like I think you can find a lot. Out of the you know all ridiculous claims and things like that in a, in a bunch of different cults, there's really there's not much unique about this one in the way of that. But what I do find interesting is that they have this kind of again like a lot of cults, they actually encourage you to not talk and socialize with people who are not in the cult. Basically, your fa- your friends should you know you should either try to convert them into the cult or if they refuse to come, you should kind of stop meeting them. So what happens basically is that. Pretty much after a couple of years, everybody you know is in the cult. And so you have that kind of social pressure right. on you. Like even if you want to leave, if you wanted to leave, that would mean giving up everyone you knew. I think I think in uh, I think in uh, Bill Maher's documentary, he, he talks to a couple of Mormons who say the same thing, is that they had the social uh, pressure on them was immense. It's, that's what makes it most difficult to leave, is that you suddenly don't, you can't talk to anyone about it. Right. And yeah, and that, obviously they suppress any kind of dissent or negative <clears throat> thought. They say, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. It's unholy. Yeah, that's well, that just kind goes of... to prove that God's an asshole, even when he's a woman, because he still doesn't want you associating with your friends. It's you know part and parcel yeah. of the definition of a cult. Um, that that's yeah, that's what they do. But pretty much, and so what's interesting is when like you know these threads start unraveling. Like recently, what happened was um, there was a gentleman who was. A uh, very good singer. Now she is very fond of music, Indian classical music, and he was a very good singer. He had been a devoted um, Sahaj yogi for many years. I think at least twenty-five to thirty years. And uh, you know, basically everybody knew um, that she liked his music and that he w- he was very devout and everything. And he recently died of, I believe, um, lung cancer or throat cancer. I'm not sure which, but it was kind of like a painful, lingering death. And Basically now, like I'm hearing a couple of people talking about, like apparently 
a lot of Indians are wondering, like, how could this happen to him? As in, if he was so devoted and, you know, blessed by her, then why would this happen? So I guess questions are kind of being asked about, like, I, I don't know. It's, but it takes a lot to break these people's head. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like those cults that predicted the end of the world year after year, but they still kept going, even though the time, their deadlines passed like five or six times. So that, I, I think it's like, I'm just, I'm wondering what will happen when she passes away. It would be an interesting event to watch. But basically it's, it's kind of like a, like the life is really annoying because now if, if you're living in a house that is, um, inhabited by Sajogis, they have her pictures up, like in my house, they're, they're up in every room, basically. Um, so that, that, that serves a second purpose, is that when somebody new comes to your place, they ask, who's that lady? And then you, you get to explain it to them and sort of, you know, introduce them to the uh, cult. Basically, it's like you, you kind of get dipped in it day after day. Like you, uh, if, if you're practicing Sajogis, you're supposed to meditate twice a day for 10 minutes. You have to attend a weekly center for sure. It's, it's like church, you've got to attend it. Uh, at least one weekly center. There are people I know who attend five or six centers a week, so it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, uh, like like my parents uh, actually go to every single one of those ceremonies around the world. Like for the last year, they've actually gone to every one. Like they pay the money to go fly there, and then you know um, all the expenses, staying and whatnot. But they go through it because it's like a chance to see her and things like that. So it's like well, that's what makes me really kind of feel sad that these people are dumping all their money and like their time into something which is going to slap them in the face at some point. Now, are these pictures of a younger version of her, or are they a picture of her um, in a uh, wheelchair drooling? Drooling and yeah. Well, the thing is, there, there's actually a mix because like what happens is there is one um, you you can say the, the canonical classic photo of her, which is like the the one used for meditation all around the world. And there, and then there are a bunch of other photographs on different occasions. Should I um, ask how she's dressed in the one that you're supposed to meditate to? Uh, she's wearing a traditional Indian dress. Oh, that's and too bad. I was hoping for something else. No, <laughs> you're supposed to meditate up there. <laughs> hey, that's she's, my way of meditating. She's Your 80 eyes, years but... old, for God's sake. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. We're talking about the canonical one, the earlier oh, one, is what he's gotcha. talking about. Well, okay. So now here's like I, I believe. I, I linked in the original email, I gave you some websites which are run by people who sort of quit Sahaja Yoga. And um, on one of them, I found a link to these forums where they were discussing the uh, their outrage. They were outraged by somebody who was actually pretty high up in Sahaja Yoga and eventually got booted out. And among the things he claimed, like apart from, because the guy who got booted out was claiming that he was a god himself. I think there's, there's a lot of, it, it's contagious <laughs> or something. <laughs> Really? You but, mean somebody else would step forward and say, well, if you can be a god, I can be a god these too. These gods are popping up everywhere. It's amazing. But, but one of the things that um, that he claimed was that he did he had relations with her, to put it politely, and people were like, it's basically like, you know, if somebody comes up and says, well, I banged Jesus, and then... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> So wow. it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's 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 a lot of entertainment to be had if you kind of sit outside and watch. But the problem is when when you're stuck in it, it's kind of basically it it drags you down. Like you you get kind of annoyed by how it's like if if anything happens, oh uh, well, thank God Shrimataji helped us out. Like Shrimataji is the term that they use to describe her basically because it's like I guess in Hindi it means 
um, respected mother. And so, yeah, so it's just like, thank God she helped us out or, oh, she must not want this to happen and things like that. And there's there's a lot of like fudge factor going on. Like people completely change their reasoning at different times. So at, at times she has the power to do what she wants. But then recently, here's here's the funny thing. Um, so in Sehedjuga, when you have a center, like the place where you go to to meditate, you are not supposed to, basically you're supposed to treat members of the other gender who come to that center as sisters and brothers. So you're not supposed to have feelings for them. Um, even even the marriages that take place that she organized, they, they never marry a person with another one in the same center. It's always like a different center or a different country altogether. So it's apparently like what happened was very recently there there was a couple in the center over here who the the lady was actually uh, divorced and she had two kids from her previous marriage and then the the man like they had basically been. Uh, living together for four or five years but they'd always given everyone the impression that they were brother and sister or cousins basically it was like you know he was coming to help her out after the divorce to take care of the kids and whatnot so that was the impression that they gave everyone and recently like just about three months ago they got married and that like just everyone was like what and there's a huge issue about it so now the thing one of the things that I, I I wasn't there myself to hear this but my father who attended the meeting where they sort of confronted these people I believe you have something similar to that in Mormonism as well uh, was I think it was Leighton talking about how there was a, a woman or someone was forced to confess and then they basically bullied her for a few hours yeah that was yeah. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Jehovah's was, Witness. Uh, Jehovah's it was Jehovah's Witness. Witness. Uh, Tall okay. discussion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one. Um, so basically, uh, they, I guess they had something similar here where they confronted them. And so one of the things that the man said in his defense was, well, like, if she didn't want it to happen, why would she let all the proceedings go through so smoothly? Why would she let everything happen so quickly, you know? Like, uh, in the sense that they did not have any problems getting a license or traveling or anything like that. So the theory being that if, if she didn't want it to happen, she could have stopped them by sort of, I don't know, crashing the plane that they were going on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of cake. But, Why didn't she do yeah, it? Yeah, so, uh, but, so that's the thing. Like, so people think like that. Well, she didn't stop me, so it must be okay. Which is, I, I think it's pretty interesting. It's like, if you, if you masturbate and you don't get smote by God, then it's fine. Just keep doing it. You know, you're yeah. safe. That I was, like this concept. That was one of the first uh, times Slayton started doubting. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking up in the sky. Nothing was happening, so I'd stroke no thunderbolt. harder, faster, and nothing God. happened. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happened? Well, <laughs> well you know, uh, I, I couldn't even, you know, you're not, when you're flaccid at, at, at all times. It, you're not it, doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> so the vice is not supposed to be used? That's, no wonder no, you didn't get thing. smoked. Smitten. God was allowing me to do it to myself. <laughs> yeah. So now apparently the response of the committee that was convened to, to sort of handle this was, you can't use that as a justification. Uh, Shamati has never stopped anyone from um, trapping themselves or falling. Um, right. Free will. So, yeah. Which is, which is really interesting because, I don't know, it's, it's like... There are many times when people have trouble going to the puja, the the ceremonies, and like suddenly at the last moment, you know, travel things work out. Like you know how it is, uh, somebody else's booking gets canceled, you get a ticket at the last moment or whatever. And so they always treat that as like minor miracles. It's always considered um, uh, like, oh, thank God, because you know, like I mentioned, there was the the thing that you do when you have any kind of problem, you kind of move your uh, one hand around the other in a circle, and so people always do that. Like you, anybody who's in 
uh, practicing Telegraph for a few years, like pretty much anything more than, you know, anything above like paper cut level, any kind of problem above that level happens, it's like, <laughs> oh, let's put a button over here. And, and like, <laughs> we have these, we have these uh, ceremonies uh, where, and like this is really weird is that she takes a lot from Indian and Hindu practices especially like there's a ceremony where there's a big fire burning in the center and everybody's meditating around it uh, which is believed to be sort of you're worshipping Agni the god of fire and um, so everybody writes their problems on a piece of paper and they throw it into the fire and sort of that's like you're you're you're, you're surrendering your problems to her to solve kind of thing and um the the committee the the center leader also writes problems like uh, they they actually like they make a, uh, they do a collective bandhan the, the the hand movement for solving global problems like I I, I have put <laughs> I've been present on four occasions when they put a bandhan for world peace so it's not it's not happened yet we just need to make a few more you know revolutions around the hand or whatever um, they they put bandhans for things like uh, protecting the innocence of our children who are growing up in Yoga. and and the best part is I know every single one of the the teenagers and the you know I grew up with them basically over the last eight years, and I am the only one who doesn't smoke or drink. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and these are people these are kids who've grown up like literally from the age of twelve to thirteen onwards. They've been inculcated in Sajoga, it's been kind of drilled into them day after day. And apparently, I don't know, the divine power didn't penetrate them enough or something. I don't know what the what the deal is. Well uh, this is a religion of penetration, I want in. Your chakras are better aligned and uh I don't know, your bunions work. <laughs> you're, supp- you're supposed to be able- <laughs> You're supposed to be able to detect problems in other people because, like, when you're near somebody who has a problem with their chakra, you feel like a like a catch on your chakra. Like they're, in, you know, it's like I guess a magnetic field influencing yours or whatever. I don't know. They, I don't know what kind of how this thing propagates itself across people. But if you, if you if you're like near somebody who's a heavy drinker, you'll feel like a catch in the chakra that controls your liver. If you're near somebody who's a heavy smoker, <laughs> a cat and yeah, yeah. like a throat and stuff. So you're supposed to be able to like detect stuff like like I don't know. You're some kind of mind sweeper or something. You can just like, oh, you're an addict. You're an addict. Yeah. Something like you're that. You're an addict. You've got impotence. You. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'll try that next time I see a patient. I'll be like, oh god, my liver chakra just caught up to me. You, yeah. uh, you alcoholic. <laughs> you lush. <laughs> you're gonna die so- soon. <laughs> I don't know how these parents, how these parents haven't found out yet. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the the power's off at the mains or something. There's a little bit. There's short circuit somewhere. They can't detect. I don't know what it is. But oh, speaking of doctors, this is this is something that I found amazing. Is that there are actually I know personally five doctors. A couple of them are uh, general practitioners, but I know one is a pulmonologist and uh, one was an OBGYN. I can't remember what the other one was, but. These people have medical training. They know how the human body works, and yet they they actually believe this. Like they 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 follow this uh, cult to the point where you know they they. I mean, I, I don't know how you blend the fact that you're going to work to sort of cure sick people every day, but then at home you use your hands to cure yourself. Like it's it's really like I don't know how you blend those two in. Well, being a, a doctor or having medical training. I don't think is any protection against bullshit. Um, there's plenty of docs who believe crazy shit, um, religious and non-religious shit. So, well, relig- um, religious is one thing, but like medical aspect of it, like I mean, 
we're talking about people who genuinely believe that sticking your hand out in front of a photograph and soaking your feet in salt water can cure heart disease. Yeah. Like, I think they just place that in the same part of their brain that with all the other religious stuff for which they have no evidence. They just kind of believe it for no reason, and it's it shut off from the medical training. You know, because you know, in medical school, it's all the, it's a constant call for evidence. Um, yeah. Why Why would you treat this patient with this uh, medication? Why would you do that? Why do that? What's your evidence? What's the literature say? Exactly. And so you can't uh, get away from that uh, in your training, but you you just kind of compartmentalize it. Uh, you just kind of set it aside and say, well. You know, um, as soon as science catches up to what I know <laughs> about the oh. chakras, <laughs> yeah, it'll I be proven. That, yeah, that, that, that's one way of putting it. But uh, what I was wondering, like, you know, another thing I found, I fear, is, like, it's actually really difficult to actually do double-blind trials for this kind of meditation to see if it actually works. Because right. you, I don't know how you would go about administering, like, a placebo. Like, you don't rotate your hands while telling them that you are <laughs> rotating. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how that works. So it's uh, they. I know I've seen. I mean, they've uh, they've said that there were studies um, where, like, you know, the the sad yogis who, who were were much more relaxed and uh, had better body chemistry at the end of fifteen minutes of meditation than the other people who meditated or whatever. But obviously, I have no idea how reliable studies are because because there was also a study from a sad yogi which claimed that meditation, if you if you meditate long enough your very genetic structure is changed like your dna alters so if you want to turn into an X, one of the x men just <laughs> i know well, see, as a kid i wanted to be a werewolf it, it it just comes down to i should have meditated harder pretty much oh man just, i guess I love look it. up look up a dictionary uh, uh, encyclopedia of hindu gods and find the wolf god i guess and then yeah. start meditating while meditating thinking of him. on that meditate so, like crazy i like that so they They've claimed uh, miraculous powers, you know, healing the sick. All it's all the same across all these different cults, right? It's never yeah. anything verifiable. Has she ever claimed anything like she can float? I know there's a the gurus or the yogas that can like, if you uh, meditate hard enough, you can actually fly. <laughs> no, no I, I don't. She's not actually claimed anything like physically miraculous. Um, there are there are a lot of okay, so there are a lot of these. Uh, so-called miracle photos flying around where it's like you see yes. glowing lights near her and photograph or whatever which is claimed to be like the energy radi- radiating on but really what it is is like you know a photographic artifact like you get them sometimes like a lens dust on the lens or just you know uh, sure it, it, you get you get weird blobs on photographs but so we have a book that contains about a thousand and one photographs like a thousand and one is a really in, uh, important number in you know you, you, in Hinduism like one's, 108 is an important number as well for some reason unbeknownst to me um, they, <laughs> so they like there was this book with a thousand and one miracle photographs so you know when, whenever like people come to visit who haven't who, who are new and might not have all the literature like we have tons of cassettes and uh, books uh, uh, regarding Cedric so so my mom always like shows them you know check this out or whatever so it was really funny when one of the new Cedric who uh, like my mom didn't know but he was he had been a studio photographer for like 20 years and so when he saw those photographs he was like what that's bullshit (laughs) 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 like it was like I get these in so many of my shots when I'm outdoors or whatever, and there there was like this awkward moment. Yeah, that's just proof that the butterfly he's uh, 
taking a picture of is actually an avatar of Ganesh. Yeah, it, I don't understand why this photographer doesn't understand the spiritual <laughs> side of things. So, yeah, what I was saying was there, there are quite a few rules that you follow as a uh, part of your uh, being a Sajjagi. Like, for example, you don't eat beef, um, which I get it comes from the Hinduism side of it, I'm pretty sure. But then they don't, they don't um, like follow the Islamic rule and the Jewish rule of no pork, even though uh, they consider Muhammad to be one of the prophets along the line, you know, the, the evolution that I was talking about earlier, the spiritual evolution. So right. Abraham, Moses, and uh, Muhammad are all like steps along that line. So, um, but the reasoning given behind this is apparently you, uh, you shouldn't eat animals larger than yourself. <laughs> so, so let me get no, this straight. No. Cockroaches, okay. Penguins, For, okay. Uh, yeah. Tigers, no. Horse, no. No. Penguin burgers are fine. <laughs> <laughs> what about an ostrich? Because ostriches can go either way. Depends well, on how if, tall you are. If man. it's if it's a baby ostrich, you can it, it over the head. Enjoy. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so it just depends on the size of the animal. So they they like veal. Yeah, that, that's what cow. I've never actually bothered asking. I mean, is yeah. veal legal? It's it's very fuzzy. Like like there there's plenty of the thing is she actually is kind of liberal on it. She says, well, you know, don't if you if you're used to eating beef, if you have trouble getting out, you don't have to do it. It's just something that's not encouraged, but you you don't have to do it. What about um, babies and small children? And what, what do you mean? If they're not of the same religion, you can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> they're smaller than you, so I, I uh, little baby burgers should be okay. I'm pretty sure there's something about cannibalism somewhere in the literature. There's <laughs> <laughs> a, a byline somewhere saying no. If so, not, you should look it up, and if there is no byline, we'll start eating kids in front of yeah. them. Yeah, we have a couple Thai children that uh, maybe... Oh, yeah, I forgot. You, got, you, you still have a few left? Yeah, okay. we, st- we, haven't, we don't have any money to send them back yet, so we might make burgers out of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we still got to figure out where our new slave children are coming in, from. In a deference to their home country, we'll uh, prepare them with uh, Thai cuisine. Well, take, take, <laughs> take a couple of uh, boxes of them with you when you go there. And... <laughs> Pass them out among the followers. Like, Here, would you like some Thai? Here's some Thai burgers. <laughs> thank you, thank you for uniting me with the divine power that controls the universe. Are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Here's some here's some literal Thai food. <laughs> this is the new dish from the McDonald's in Thailand. In more ways than one. Yes. <laughs> so, now, uh, did you ever buy this stuff, or did you always have doubts? How did you deconvert? When, when I was see, I I, I started when I was I think thirteen, and at that age, you know, when I mean for me, like when my parents said something, I like I I still kind of believed that there was a God, but after about a year I think I just kind of started saying wait a minute none of this stuff is actually happening like these miracles aren't really happening or whatever so I think that was that was the process that started it off like when, when I saw that you know I, like for example when I when I realized that uh there were people in in the meditation center because the meditation center is about like two and a half hours of uh, meditation so when I started realizing that there were a couple of people who actually were snoring lightly like they actually fell asleep <laughs> and uh you're like so, hey you're cheating that, yeah, so what I, what I was like then at that point I was just like you know why am I meditating? These people are falling asleep. So I I used to just like you know use that time and just dream away the time. And then I realized like nobody noticed. Like nobody was like, hey, your vibrations are all 
off kilter when you do it. So, <laughs> so you're kind of then, testing it. You're testing the religion at this point. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And and then That's I and, and I and again it was the whole like you know hey I'm not getting smote with lightning when I masturbate so there's got to be something off here exactly like nobody, nobody nobody's like clutching the base of their spine in pain when I go near them because their base chakra is getting affected or whatever because my innocence is destroyed. Uh, <laughs> well, well yeah. that depends. Were you bending them over a table while checking their <laughs> chakra or? Yeah, like you know, I'm not inflicting spinal pain on anyone when I walk near them. So it it was right. just kind of this thing like. Why are these people? And and it was the other thing was, you know, these people claim to be divine. You 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 got to realize when you say that you're connected to God at all, and that's a claim that you are in some way, you know, divine. But when I see that they have the same issues and problems that every other human being has out there, they're selfish bastards in the same way. They're they're, they're cliques in the in the group. You know, there's all sorts of competition on uh, like uh, like about who gets to be in the committee. That they have like a committee to control the center over here. And things like so, there's all like there's all, all sorts of gossip and backstabbing, and really these people are like the same as any other damn human beings out there, except they're holier than thou. So I that that at that point I was like, you know, I don't think this is true. But then I didn't quite start like I think I still sort of said, oh well, there must be a god. But uh, I think I was in like you know the deistic view at that point, like he doesn't really care. He's like, screw those bastards, I don't care about them. <laughs> yeah, start the world, let it go. So you're. If, if, your bullshit detector was fairly um, finely tuned at a young age. Either yeah, that, or or it was just really easy to detect bullshit on this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The thing yeah, is, the snoring helped. I think the reason I stayed in believe for so much time was like my parents generally, and they, my parents generally believe to this day. So, like, that's one of the reasons I don't tell them because, uh, you know, my mom's kind of old. She's got heart trouble and stuff. I would, I couldn't stand it if she had like a shock because she was, oh, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Right. Kind of thing. And so I could not stand the guilt if anything happened because of that. Um, and ditto for my dad. Like, you know, I, I do not want to inflict that because they genuinely believe it's the best thing for me if they, when they ask me, it's not like, oh, you're going to hell if you're not because, oh, and that's the other thing. Sajoga takes the Hindu concept of reincarnation. Where um, you know you if you if you screw up in this life you come back as a dog or a cockroach and get stepped on or something like that. Right. Uh, but so that's why it's like this is an opportunity to break free. Like you given you've been given the chance to sort of get your spiritual ascent yeah. and and it may not out. happen for another you know eighty millennia that you work yourself yeah. way back here. I think it's a generally accepted moral principle that it's bad to kill your mother even in atheist circles. So yes. <laughs> Well, it depends on the atheist circles you're circling. <laughs> that's true. So that's like that's kind of the situation here is that they genuinely believe it's the best thing for me. So I mean, that's why it's kind of like it's hard for me to sort of break their heart in that way. Just like, no, you're wrong. This is a whole crap. So that's why I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I, I'm just pretty much for the last seven years I've been pretending to be uh, deeply into it, and nobody has noticed. So. So much. Yeah, and, 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 oh, here's here's a, is that because because I have been within two feet of her, like I have served food to her on two occasions, and she hasn't noticed. So I must I'm doing a pretty good job of deception here, I think. Yeah, if God doesn't yeah, know, yeah, then either you don't your chakras are of espionage level. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, it, anyway. So like, it, it's pretty much what what you would call your standard cult, except with the Hindu theme and a little bit of. You know, dribblings of Islam and Christianity somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah, well, Jesus is behind your eyeballs at all time. Yep. 
Yeah, that must be pretty so, uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just wondering why he's spying on everything that I'm looking at. <laughs> well, th- this was actually really interesting. Uh, it, it's I had no idea that the polytheistic... People could be this crazy. Well, you know, the, the polytheistic <laughs> cults could well, be equally as crazy as the monotheistic. You know, I've always had in my head that these... That monotheism kind of leads to exclusionary principles and and uh, yeah the shunning of your friends and that sort of thing because they're you know they're false they're not of the one true religion. I always thought polytheism was a little more tolerant, but apparently certain flavors of that are equally as bad. Well, if you if you look at Hinduism, I mean, I, I guess it's not exactly polytheistic because they they do believe that they're all aspects of one divine power, but still, um, you find you find that there are Hindus who only worship Shiva or only worship Vishnu. Uh, in preference to all the other gods, and and they they consider like they they don't they don't uh, you know treat the other sect equally, and they hate Muslims. Like it's just like what those people are crazy. <laughs> uh, and Muslims so, are right. sort of the same thing. Like, like why would you believe right. in multiple gods? What what and do you mean like, you don't believe in my eight armed deity? <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> what is wrong with a god with an elephant for a head? I, I don't understand. You have a problem with elephants. It is <laughs> you elephant hater. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, um, very very interesting. So you're kind of a stealth. Um, how do you pronounce that again? Yoga shade. A sleeper yoga. agent. You're a sleeper agent. I'm just sort of sitting here biding my time for when the whole thing goes around, like falls down <laughs> around me, basically. When she dies, you've got to come back on to explain what happens after she goes. Yeah, I'm very interested because she's the culmination. She's the end rung of that ladder. So what happens after she croaks? And she sounds like she's well on her way. I, I, I have two theories about this. Is that One is that there's some mumbo-jumbo about how her daughter will receive all her powers or like her soul will be transferred to her daughter or something of that sort. Which, uh, <laughs> Or hypothetically, she, she just dies. And just like happens with you know Christianity and Islam, there's a bunch of sets breaking off and they all split up in, with their own beliefs because they do they already have like issues uh, they have arguments and stuff uh, amongst them and then eventually they have to go up to her to settle it well her husband now because she's not capable right. of settling any <laughs> what what's the problem <laughs> were you were again, you again? <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah so come on back on when she kicks the bucket and let us know what happens to the religion yeah we expect you to do your research better than we do it around here <laughs> course that's the bare minimum for I, coming on our show i did enjoy your your christianity research it was it was quite enlightening i mean i had no idea that uh, because i guess you always read about the you know you hear the stories about the bible but i don't think many people bother investigating like how we actually found out about them and and i can guarantee in this case there these people worship jesus christ but i'm pretty sure none of them have like there are many people i know who've never even seen a bible let alone read one because if they did they would you know figure out what was going on over here. Sure. So it's probably better off if they just sort of stay ignorant and listen to it. <laughs> now, I, I That's noticed... That's usually the best, ignorance. I noticed that you enjoyed the Christian research, but not the Hindu research, which was a bunch of uh, just a well, steaming pile of Ganesh heap <laughs> dung. You know, to be, you know if, if, if you could see me right now, I'm blowing up a, a birdie for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I didn't really listen to the entire podcast. Actually, I haven't listened to like the last couple of them because uh, I've just been doing other stuff and all that. But I, I do know that yes, there were quite a few uh, inaccuracies. I guess. <laughs> in my, 
to put it politely. Wait, 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 wait. Are you questioning the one true podcast? That's the reason why we are doing these interviews. You do not question the one true podcast. Even if you grew up like this, you don't question us. So there is no free will in the one true podcast Arianism. What what I was that surprised seems... was that um, we did right. we, we, interviews. We had a um we had an actual Hindu on and he actually said that Leighton got one or two things right during that podcast, and that was shocking to me. <laughs> that was shocking to me. Too. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was flabbergasted. Even a, a broken clock is right twice a day, so yeah. I'll, I'll give Leighton two hits on that. <laughs> I like this. Anyway, I, I like the bar that is set so low that you can only trip over it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Do you guys have like any final questions or? I think we should save our questions for when she croaks and then uh, go into it there, because I would love to have you on to uh, kind of discuss the aftermath of what happens. I mean, this is this is really the evolution of religion right in front of us right now, and you are our little sleeper agent. I like I get, this. I get to observe history as it happens. Absolutely. Exactly. The thing is, she might not croak for a few years, because, you know, God travels with a team of doctors dedicated to taking care of her. Well, listen, if you're... We'll f- oh, shit. He just dropped... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, oh, let me try okay. reconnecting and we'll wind it all up. All right. Hello. It, if I could <laughs> strangle the person who invented Skype, I'd strangle him with Ganesh's trunk. <laughs> well, what you do is you actually put a bundle and you move your hand around and then pray to Shiva for him. To oh, yeah. It. Screw Much his more chakra up. <laughs> Let's just send a letter to the incarnate Shiva right now. Yeah, they, they just take care it. of it like that. Absolutely. All right. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, really enjoyable episode, and, and hopefully she'll croak really soon, so we'll have you back on. Yeah. All otherwise, right. so- the One True Podcast will not die. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. I really like the evolution of of religion from you know these young vibrant types to this decrepit, old, wheelchair-bound, diabetes-ridden, partially-deaf uh, woman. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, this is history in the making right, there, right now. He is actually at the forefront of a, a branch of religions being created. I remember, I remember back when, like, I think four or five years ago, when I first started doubting, like when she was still like, active and talking, I had that sort of comparison to Futurama's mom, like the robot that she controls yes. all the robots. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just treat her as mom, and they're they're all like you know completely under her control. <laughs> awesome! All right, thanks again for coming on. Really enjoyable. Yeah, thanks. All right. <laughs>